know, in the first service today, we had, oh, I think five or six people filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just sense in my heart today that there's several of you here today that would just love to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit at the end of the service. Now, folks, this is a must for living in the last days. Power from on high for what's going on here below. Power from on high is necessary for you and I in these days. Amen? So we'd love to pray with you at the end of the service. I mean, we just had such a beautiful move of the Holy Spirit. You know, perhaps in your heart, you have a praise that hasn't been released yet. Perhaps there's words down here in your heart that you have not been able to articulate yet. You've done your best in English, and that's wonderful, and that's good. But I'm telling you, there's a stream, there's rivers of living water, of living praise, and of living worship that can flow through your heart to the Father of Spirits. You see, they that worship our God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So don't be bashful and don't be shy. You know, when you ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit, He's not going to give you a serpent. He's not going to give you something weird. He's going to give you the infilling of the third person of the Godhead. And I'm telling you, folks, it will change your life forever. I mean forever. When I first got saved, praise God, and filled with the Holy Spirit, my life changed dramatically. He gave me power over things that had bound me for years. He'll give you power over addictions. He'll give you power over lust. He'll give you power to close the door on the devil when he comes knocking on your door. He is the third person of the Godhead. He is the spirit of might. And he will strengthen you. And he will give you glory. And he will enable you to live victoriously. Anybody interested? Amen. I'm not only interested in getting filled, I'm interested in staying filled. That's why it's so important to come together. It's so important. You know, one of the key things that happens when we come to church is we receive encouragement. We encourage one another in the Lord. Isn't that great? We encourage one another in the Lord. And and then we get encouragement from the Scriptures. You know, what I'm about to share with you is not just information. It's an engrafting. It's an implanting. I'm about to share with you some seeds that if you will open your heart and receive, it'll help you not only today and this week, but it'll help you for the rest of your life. It is so vital and it is so important. Now, we also know that we're living in perilous times. We know that these are the last of the last days. Um, In 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 through 5 in the message translation, let me just read it to you. He says, don't be naive. These are difficult times ahead. As the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane, contemptuous of parents, crude, coarse, dog-eat-dog, unbending, slanders, impulsively wild, savage, cynical, treacherous, ruthless, bloated windbags. Have you seen a few of those bloated windbags on some of the news? The next thing it says, addicted to lust. I just want to tell you right now, you do not have to be addicted to anything except Jesus. 
If pornography has a stronghold on your life, it's going to be broken by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, but in the last days, people are going to be addicted to lust, allergic to God. They'll make a show of religion, but behind the scenes, they're animals. And then the Bible says, stay clear of these people. See, I think it's important that we check out what kind of associations we're hanging around with. Because what you hang around with will hang on you. It is so vital, folks, that we come out from among the spirit of this world and be separate. Now, that doesn't mean that we're better than the world. That doesn't mean that we don't witness to the world. But we do not associate with them. We do not smoke the same brand of marijuana that they smoke. Somebody say amen. Amen. We are not of this world. The greater one lives on the inside of us. But one of the things that is in the world, and you'll hear it because the air is full of death. The very air is full of fear. You will hear people thinking about, talking about, oh my goodness, what's happening? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my family? We need to get that kind of thinking and that kind of vocabulary completely out of our lives. We are not those that are fear-filled. We are those that are faith-filled. It is impossible to be in faith and in fear at the same time. Is that right? We're talking about developing a strong spirit. And last week, we talked about eliminating fear out of our lives. And I lost my voice about three-quarters of the way through the message. Some of you are kind of glad because you got dismissed a little earlier. But I'm going to continue along those lines. But let me just read something to you. And this is from the book of Luke in chapter 21 and verse 26. It says, Men swooning away or expiring with fear and dread. You know, dread is the expectation of bad. Fear expects the worst. But what does faith do? Thank you for all three of you that knew that. What does faith do? Faith expects the best. So in these last days, men are swooning away and they're expiring with fear and dread and apprehension and expectation of those things that are coming on the world for the very powers of heaven will be shaken and caused to totter. Of course, that verse is talking about a future day, but there are previews of that happening right now. And then, looking at verse 34, here's where the Word of God tells us to take heed to ourselves. Look at your neighbor and say, take heed to yourself. But take heed to yourselves and be on your guard. Your spirit man must be guarded. For out of your spirit will flow the very issues or the very forces of life. So we need to be on guard for fear. I mean, when it turns the corner, we ought to be there ready to bust it in the head and put a stop on it. Be on your guard. Why? Unless your hearts be overburdened and depressed. If we think about and talk about all the things that are going on, all the things that could happen, it can be very depressing. 
And what happens when a person gets depressed? They become weighed down. Now, what are we to do with weights? In Hebrews chapter 12, it tells us to lay aside the weights and the sins and those things which so easily entangle themselves to our lives. Lay aside those things. He said, overburden, weighed down with the giddiness and headache and nausea of self-indulgence, drunkenness and worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of this life, lest they come upon you suddenly like a trap or a noose. How many of you are interested in living a fear-free, faith-filled life? Well, I just dropped by to preach to you just for a while on why you and I, we don't have to fear. We do not have to fear. No fear here. This place in which we worship is a fear-free zone. But your home, your car, your workplace should be a fear-free zone. And really, you are the one that must guard your heart and guard your mind and keep fear in check. Keep it under your feet. Amen. The first reason... Why we do not have to fear is found in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Let's look at that verse together. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Notice with me that the spirit of fear comes from the pit of hell. And God has nothing to do with giving His children the spirit of fear. And what God has not given, I don't want to have any part of. How about you? For God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but what has He given you? He's given us a spirit of power and of what? And what kind of a mind do you have? An unsound mind is characteristic of an unguarded soul. An unsound mind is characteristic of a person who has nothing to do with the Word of God. May be a Christian, may even go to church, but as far as making a commitment to the Word of God, no, I just come to church once in a while. I just do what I do every now and then. Every now and then will not bring to your life a sound mind. And if there's one thing that the devil is after, he's after your mind. He is a thief. He wants to rob you of peace. He wants you to be tossing and turning and weighed down with the anxieties of this life. He wants you on so many antidepressants that you won't even know your name. Now, I'm not coming against antidepressants, but what I'm coming against is a relaxed, lazy life who never opens this word. But I'm not looking at a group like that today. I'm looking at folks that are good ground where the seed of God's word enters into your heart and it changes your life forever. You see, my friends, the word of God is perfect and it will convert your soul. It'll keep 
you in perfect peace as you keep your mind stayed on him. One of the best ways that I know to keep my mind on the Lord all day long, everyone say all day, all day, all day long is by thanking him and praising him. Can we just have about eight seconds of just some praise right now? Glory to God. Keep your mind on Him. Thank Him. Enter His thank courts with thanksgiving. Enter every day with a thankful heart. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so you want your mind to stay stable. How are you going to stay stable in unstable times? You're going to stay stable through God's Word, which gives you wisdom and gives you knowledge and brings you to a place of revelation and brings you up to transformation. See, we are not of this world. Listen, when it comes to your mind, you need to be very bold. You need to be saying things like, I will never lose my mind. Well, Pastor Mark, you just don't know. Yeah, we know. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Forget all the memory jokes. Well, you're just getting, Pastor turns 68 and you just never know. You never know when he's going to go off his rocker. No, I'm not going to go off my rocker. Put your hands over your head and say this with me. My mind is my mind and my mind is a sound mind I will never I will never ever ever lose my mind I'm looking at a quick bunch here I'm not looking at a bunch of dull Christians I'm looking at a group of Christians that are sharp They're bright. They're good looking. They're very rich. And we are major blessings. Glory to God. I said glory to God. You know what he's doing to your life? He's renewing your youth just like the eagles. He says, well... I'm a little fuzzy today. Well, the day ain't over. Don't talk fuzz, talk clear. Hallelujah. Well, we not try this. See, some of you didn't eat that yet, so we're not moving on until you eat it. God's given you a sound mind. Say it again. My mind is my mind, and I don't mind telling the devil or anyone that'll hear I'll never lose my mind. So the presence of fear indicates the absence of faith. And the absence of fear shows the presence of faith. Now look with me at Psalms 103. And I want to notice in verse 3 and verse 4. How many of you are in agreement with me today for utterance? Stretch forth your hand toward me and ask God to help me. 
Lord, I receive your help. I receive the prayers of your saints. Help me to say just what needs to be said in this time, in this, in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 34 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt the, his name together. I sought the Lord. Seeking the Lord positions you to be heard of the Lord. I sought the Lord and the Lord heard me, but he not only heard me, he delivered me. Well, what did he deliver you from? He delivered me from some of my fears. No, thank God he delivered you from all of your fears. Is it possible to live fear free? It is possible. And you can live a life that is faith-filled and fear-free. So number one, we're not afraid because God's not given us the spirit of fear. Number two, we are not afraid because He is on our side and He is for us. He is on your side and He is for you. I better say that again. Let's try this section over here. He's on your side and he's for you. Thank you very much. Look at Psalms 118. Psalm 118, verse 1. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, because what? His mercy endures forever. Let heart of the bay now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Thomas, let the house of Luot, hallelujah, let the house of Lanus, let the house of DeMello, let your house say continually, come on somebody, that his mercy endureth forever. Now, let them that fear the Lord or reverence the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. Then David goes on to say this, I called upon the Lord in my distress, and the Lord ignored me. Is that what it says? He's just too busy to talk to me. He's too busy to listen to me. No. He said, I called upon the Lord in my distress, and the Lord answered me and set me in a small room. Put me in a tight place. Woo, glory to God. No, he set me in a large place. I just got to say to you today that God's will for you is roomy. Verse 6. Read this with me. The Lord is on my... Now stop right there. The Lord's on your side. The Lord's on my side. Whose side are you on? So David said, the Lord is on my side. And evidently this became quite a revelation to him because in finding out that the Lord was on his side, the next thing he said, therefore I will not fear. And that's what we need to say regularly. I will not fear. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? You see, when the Lord says He's on your side, that's the opposite of being against you. He is on your side because He loves you. 
He's on your side because He's for you. He loves you so much that He does not want you to be afraid of anything. The only fear that we should have in our lives is the reverential fear of the Lord. Such a reverence for Him and such an honor from Him. But any other kind of fear, I mean the fear of man, the fear of the future, the fear of heights, the fear of flying, the fear of disease, the fear of lack. No, the Lord's on your side. Hallelujah. And you do not have to be afraid. You know, when you believe this, fear will leave your life. No, notice over in Romans chapter 8. Romans the 8th chapter, verse 31. Just receive this today. Just lift up your hands and say, I receive. I receive the engrafted word. Somebody says, well, I heard this before. Well, faith don't come by having heard before. Faith comes by hearing, not having heard. Well, the seed's been planted. But how many of you know for a plant to grow, it needs to be watered? And all of us, it doesn't matter how long we've been in the kingdom of God, all of us need to grow in this revelation of freedom from fear. Now, knowing in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, it says, What then shall we say to these things? Evidently, there were some things that Paul needed to address. What shall we then say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? One way we could say it is this way. Since God is for me, what can be against me? The Amplified says, What then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can successfully be against us? Listen, friends, for the devil to be successful to take you down, he'd have to go through God first. And he can't do it. Amen. The message translation says, with God on your side like this, how can you lose? How can you lose? I am not looking at a congregation of losers. I call you a winner. I'm not looking at a group of victims. I call you a victor. Matter of fact, I am so enthused with victory that I've changed my name. I don't know whether I've introduced you to, not, to him or not yet, but I'm no longer Mark Thomas. My name is Vic Victory. And my lovely wife, Victoria. I'll get up in the morning and look at Brenda and say, How you doing there, Victoria? I used to call her Vicky Victory, but I like Victoria better. It sounds more queenish. Well, why, why do we do that? Because I need to remind myself, like every day, that I have the victory. Because there's a million and one things that will tell you, you don't have the victory. But you and I, we've got the victory. And then I wouldn't, you know, say that you had to do this, but this would be a good idea. In my home, I have a hallway called Hallelujah. And I run up and down Hallelujah Hallway, rejoicing in Christ Jesus. Rejo I get a bad report and I head for the hallway. 
Some of you ain't been to the hallway in a long time. <laughs> Woo, glory. It's a whole lot better to live happy than to live depressed. It's a whole lot better to live by faith than to live by fear. Listen, folks, God is on your side. And He is for you. In verse 32, it says, He that spared not His own Son. Aren't you glad He didn't? Aren't you glad that He gave His only Son, Jesus, and Jesus paid the ultimate price for you? But delivered Him up for all of us, how shall He not with Him also freely give you all things? If God gave me Jesus, He has no problem giving me money. If God gave me Jesus, He has no problem giving me peace. If God gave me Jesus, He has no problem seeing to it that my PG&E bill is paid. Amen? How shall He not with Him freely give us all things? Why does He do that? Because He's for me. Why does He do things for you? Because He's for you. Because He loves you. Why did you get that raise on your job? Because God's for you. How are we able to get that house in this economy? Because God's for you. Because He's on your side. Now notice the next verse. In verse 33, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that is our justifier. Did we not find out that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ? Verse 34, Who is he that condemneth? We found out when Keith Moore was here that there's no condemnation to us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Some of you still need to hear those messages. Verse 34, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who's even at the right hand of God, who also, now get this, he's praying for you. I said he's praying for you. You may feel like you're alone, but you're not alone. He'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. And not only that, he'll never stop praying for you. Ooh, glory to God. He is our eternal high priest. And one of his roles in heaven is he ever liveth to make intercession for you. Man, that's good news. You know how, why I know that? Because I need prayer. And if I need prayer... We all need prayer. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I ask you, shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril or sword? Verse 36. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. But in verse 37, it says, Nay, in all these things, in spite of all these things, you and I are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. You know why He calls you more than a conqueror? Because He loves you and because He's for you and because He's on your side. Say it with me real strong. I am today more than a conqueror. Through him, through him that loves me. That means you can overcome anything that comes against you. 
You know, over there in Romans, he tells us, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with what? With good. So evil that comes against us does not have to overcome us because we are more than conquerors through him. You know what that means? That means whatever has held you back in your spiritual growth from growing strong in your spirit, you, by God's grace and God's love, can overcome it. We don't have to be overcome by fears. We don't have to be overcome by any addictions or lusts of the flesh. We can, by the grace of God, overcome evil with God's good word and God's goodness on our life. Amen. So say of me, I'm I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. See, here's the truth about it. Some of you just need some help. You need some help. What do you mean help? I mean, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the helper to help you to overcome. In other words, the Holy Ghost will help you come over those things that have brought you down and kept you down. There, listen, folks, there's help. There is help. And He is the third person of the Godhead. There's help for you. There's help for you. There's help for you. There's help for you. There's help to overcome that anger. There's help for you. There's help for you to overcome that bad temper. Says, well, it's just because I'm Irish. No. (laughs) It's not just because you're Irish. It's just because your flesh has been uncontrolled. But the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, if you'll yield to Him, He will help you. Well, I I don't know, Pastor Mark. I just just can't seem to, to help what I think on. I can't seem to help it. All these thoughts, all these things come into my mind. It seems like my mind is just racing continuously. I'm staying up at night. I'm telling you, there's help. There's help. I said there's help. There's help from the helper. Ooh, glory to God. I said there's help in the house today. There's a lifting in the house today. There's a third person of the Godhead here right now, today. There's help. There's help. He's our helper. He's our counselor. He's our guide. He's our strengthener. Hallelujah. He's our intercessor. He's our standby. Somebody shout, there's help. Help for me. So he helps us by being on our side. And he helps us because he's for us. Oh, I needed such help in my life. Certainly I was saved. But there was a missing ingredient in my life called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I needed that power to help me overcome some things that were trying to get back in my life. 
But thank God I received the help I needed. And you know what? He's helping us more than we know. There's help. And along with help, there's hope. Will I ever be delivered from this? Will I ever get on top of this? Will I ever get out of this? I say by the word of the Lord, yes, yes, and yes you will, and yes you can, if you will get the help of the Holy Spirit into your life. Come on, raise your hands right now. Say with me, thank you, Lord, for help. One of the strongest prayers that you can ever pray is help. Let's try that one on for size. Everyone out, shout out, help. His ears are open to your cries. His ears are open to your prayers. Oh, hallelujah. There's help from the heavenly helper. I'm telling you, there's deliverance in the house today. There's freedom from all sorts of fears in this place today. Look at your neighbor and say, we're getting help today. Woo, glory. Verse 38, he goes on to say, For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall ever be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Oh, glory to God. There is nothing that will stop him from loving you. There is nothing that will stop him from being on your side and being for you. God is for us. And then lastly, God is with us. God is with us. What do you mean God is with me? That means He's in us. He's on us. He's all around us. He said, Lo, I am with you. Always. You like that? So in all ways, He's with you. Say that with me. In all ways, in my life, He's with me. He's with you. He's with you, man. He's for you. He's not for some of the crazy things we do. He's not for some of the thing, crazy things we say. But in Christ Jesus, He's with us. He's for us. He's on our side. He is helping us today. Here's what the psalmist said. For the sake of time. In Psalm 23, 4, he says, Yeah, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But I am not afraid. I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me and thy rod and thy staff comfort me. He's with you right now in the valley of the shadow of death. He's the biggest thing in the valley. Hallelujah. He's with you to help you, to guide you, to deliver you, to feed you. 
And he has prepared a glorious table before us in the very presence of our enemies. He's serving us a six-course meal right here at Heart of the Bay Christian Center today. He's with me. Say it with me real strong. He's with me. And here's what Isaiah says. Isaiah said this, but now says the Lord of hosts that created thee. O Jacob, he that formed thee. O Israel, don't be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine. Then in Isaiah 43, verse 2, notice this with me. I want you to read it together. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When you walk through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Woo! Glory to God! He's with you. He's with you in life's fiery tests. He's with you when the flood arises. He is with you, holding you in His hand. He is with you, upholding you by the power of His Word. He is with you. He's with you in your finances. He's with you on the job. He's with you in your relationships. God is with you. You must belong to the quick class. Because this message could take two hours, but it's not. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. You notice over and over again in the Word of God these words, Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Fear not is not a suggestion. Fear not is commandment. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says this, Fear thou not. Why? When you got the I am with you, what else do you need? Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. What's the Holy Spirit been emphasizing? This next phrase? I will help you. And I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. And then notice with me in the Amplified Version. He says, fear not, there's nothing to fear. For I am with you. Here's your part. Do not look around you in terror and be confused or dismayed. You watch the television long enough, you'll go away confused. How can confused people straighten our thinking out? The media is funky. The media is not something that you want to feed on as a way of life. That's right. He said, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed. Why? Because I'm your God. I will strengthen you. We're talking about a strong spirit. And I will harden you to difficulties. Yes, here again, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and of justice. And then dropping down to verse 13, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, and I will say to you, Fear not, I will help you. It would be wrong for me to continue to preach. We need to strike while the iron is hot. And the iron is hot right now. 
There is so much help available to you, to whatever your need might be. And I have understood very clearly that there is this glorious gift of the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. This infilling and this baptism with the Holy Spirit will help you to live an overcoming life. I ask you this morning, why would you not want to be filled with the Spirit? Why would you not want the benefit of being able to absolutely communicate with a supernatural God in a supernatural way? Why would we want to bottle up all this praise and all this expression in our spirit and never release it? What happens when we receive the Holy Spirit, folks, there just comes a release. A release in your heart. A release from things that have bound us and bind us. I want to pray today for several of you in this auditorium that are here and say, Pastor Mark, I'm saved, but I desire to be filled with this third person of the Godhead. I desire to receive heaven's help for these earthly difficulties and these earthly challenges that I face. The Holy Spirit has begun to say over and over again, there's help here today. There's healing in the house. There's an infilling in the house. But not only is there a fresh infilling of people that have never been filled, there's also a refreshing of fullness and of infilling for everyone in the house. Amen. So I want to pray today. Is that okay? And I'm going to have some people help me to pray. And and we're not going to be here all day. But you know, it's good to come to church and get your needs met. It's not good to come to church and just, you know, say, well, we did it. Okay, let's go. Let's go beat the Baptist to lunch. You know, if all church becomes is hearing a good message and not have any power release in our lives, then we might as well just stay home and watch television. Are you listening to me? I say by the Word of God that there are several here today that He wants to fill with the Holy Spirit. And I'm talking about Power from on high. In Acts 1.8 he says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Jesus so believed in this fullness of the Spirit and this gift of the Holy Spirit, he told his disciples after he was raised from the dead, Stay in the city of Jerusalem and tarry there for power from on high. And don't leave the city before you've received. I say to some of you today, this is crucial. We desperately need Him. We desperately need this gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you pray with me just for a moment? Just close your eyes and begin to pray. So be it, Lord. So be it, Father. So be it. So be it in our lives. We receive the helper today.